Okay, fellow Horn Toad listeners, let's go ahead and jump on to the last segment of the night, segment number five. This will be motivational speeches. Now, I'm going to read all these, and I have it with me on paper, so um, uh, let's just, um, uh, you know, not waste too much time, but this is season four, uh, the last uh, last episode, um, episode 22, and, and so what I'm going to read for you right now is... Um, uh, a speech, opening speech I made for uh, Karen Badoni. If you don't know Karen Badoni, she used to run uh, the Dandelion or Oops a Daisy Flower Shop in Winderock till the coronavirus came and, you know, they shut down everything. She lost her business. Then she ran for governor of New Mexico. She didn't make it. And then this time she ran again, I think, but she still didn't make it. But um, when she started, she was, um, she was a Republican. Then she says, um, I'm going to, uh, I told her, I said, do you have a speechwriter? She says, no. I said, well, you know, can I be your speechwriter? She goes, yeah, go ahead. I said, well, let me, let me write one for you. So this is the one I'm going to read for you. And, um, the thing about her is that she started after a while, she started saying, yeah, I'm telling people I support Trump or I vote. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Trump supporter. I told her, I said, you know what? I don't think that's a really good idea. I think you should just kind of run on your own merit rather than kind of like going off of you know, supporting Donald Trump because, the dude, he's going, he's doing his own thing, you know, <laughs> ah, damn it. Excuse me. Um, so anyways, um, that's where I told her, I said, you know, I think you should just leave him out, you know, just run on your own merits. And well, she introduced herself as a Trump supporter and everything kind of went bad, man. Everybody turned on her on Facebook. They were just like cussing her out. I was like, damn. But anyways, so here's what I wrote for her. Uh, Navajo Nation Fair post. This is what she was going to read at the Navajo Nation Fair. And this is the, you know, my draft. And she, you know, I put formal introduction. That's where she introduces herself, her clan and all that. And then, um, so this is how I started it off. I wrote, um, damn, let me uh, get these papers in order so they don't start falling off of my lap here. So this is what um, I wrote. So, whether we accept it or not, as modern-day Diné citizens, we are moving forward into the future of our modern existence, as well as moving forward into the upcoming decade that is 2020. And there is much cause for fear and concern that we as a tribe are totally unprepared to face what issues lay before our path to Hojon. There is, cert there is uncertainty in the air that we breathe in daily as we also reflect on our past and the many disappointing promises that were never fulfilled because those failed promises have somehow kept us surviving each election and each elected official's campaign words. But those of us who would rather live every day to its fullest while being positive role models for our downtrodden family, friends, and community members, want to show our true potential of greatness that our elders wanted for us to have. Those of us who refuse to become a survivor of the welfare system with its constant handouts and freebies need new leaders to rise up and make a difference in our world without constantly thinking about personal use of tribal money and to use the path of where we come from to become as prepared as possible for the future. The self-reliant leaders who were who we desired to be the difference makers for the future of our mighty Navajo Nation 
mostly reside in the small business sectors of the reservation, for they are the ones who really know economic finances, more so than someone who was appointed by an elected official with a college degree in classes and courses that were probably taken off the reservation. Although it is not our tribal, our, our tribal teachings to walk backwards or constantly bring up past mistakes, we today just can't help but look into the past and the many failures that we have been through and question how we were ever able to build our current lives on that type of foundation. So the answer to that question has got to be the welfare system, which lazy individuals have taken advantage of because of the many loopholes that go along with it. While those, rule ah, while those rule breakers who have the advantage of working tribal jobs continue to play games of who can and who cannot have against honest, hardworking individuals who just need a little help to get out of the economic rut previous elected leaders left behind or failed to fix. And it is with that type of mindset and social observations that I hereby declare my candidacy for Congress in the state of New Mexico. But that doesn't mean that only Navajos from New Mexico's would benefit from my administration if elected, but the Navajo Nation would be a part of what new ideas and projects I would propose to the New Mexico side. It's too bad that our tribal voters here have to be divided into current political parties, but it is necessary to show that we can and need to work together as we see issues and promises from that many different angles our current society provides. Not one person has all the answers to every problem affecting our Navajo people ranging from the bullied and suicidal youths, unemployed and depressed veterans, ignored and abused elders, to the missing and exploited women. But together with the right leader, we can motivate and inspire all those who do not have a voice or who are too afraid to speak up. So now with many voters, so now that many voters are aware that this is a different approach to the same problems everyone on the reservation has suffered with, it's literally the time to vote in a native congresswoman for our future. So that's what I wrote for uh, Karen Bedoni. And she she read it, but she also she told me that she I wasn't there, but she she switched it up and she you know put in her own words. And I said, oh, that's fine, man. But um, anyways, so with that being said, let me go read this other one. This is a veteran newsletter introduction to the Veteran Nonprofit Organization Incorporated, Clagato Veterans Nonprofit. Uh, this was supposed to go into this uh, veteran newsletter, so this is what I wrote. This introduction is for those who have had who ah, fuck I already fucked it up. This introduction is for those who have not had the pleasure of knowing what the Clagato Veterans Nonprofit Organization Incorporated is and why it exists. Located in the state of Arizona, the actual Navajo word for Clagato is meaning water under the ground, which is basically a well with a rich water supply that the early generations of Navajo decided to make the Clagato community their homeland. Uh, so as the founder of the nonprofit organization, this type of assistance was seen 
as another way to help the veterans get the resource resources they needed to not only survive pov- poverty, but to have another way of life to get the veterans aspired to achieve their personal goals without having to without having to I said, go through the red tape process they currently experience on the Navajo Nation. I kind of misspelled some words here. This is my draft anyways. The Clagatel Veterans Nonprofit Organization Incorporated, or KVNOINC, is an assistance program for the Navajo veterans, or for the Clagatel veterans, rather, sorry, to utilize in order to complete household projects uh, or get involved with to help cope with their PTSD issues, uh, which most tribal government departments of welfare and assistance make them feel not worth helping. And although there are options like the VA and other tribal housing, tribal hardship programs for the Navajo veteran to use, the KVNOINC also has another goal of inspiring more Navajo veterans to create efficient resources that they wished had been available for them during their time of need. And the nonprofit serves as another way for them to become more self-reliant. With this um, veteran nonprofit group staying focused on Navajo veteran-centered issues like housing, money, and PTSD, it is laying the groundwork for an unpredictable future where all the de- uh, dependencies of today will dry out without warning and will lead to a lot more social and economic despair. And that's where the flexibility has become stretched to at a moment's notice in order to stay in control and positive during whatever whatever hard times may come, which may result in death. And that's why the Clagato Veteran Cemetery has been open and the Clagato Veteran Nonprofit Organization Incorporated board members have to be knowledgeable in funeral processes and funeral burial costs. Although, on one hand, the cultural taboo forces Navajos not to engage in death rituals, and the other hand deals with how death is a business, and when Navajo families aren't prepared, it leads to negative harmony. Excuse me. When all is reviewed and accounted for, the KVNO INC's existence comes down to two basic fundamentals of service, which are being ready for burial services and supporting local initiatives, which include holiday recognitions of military and veteran based uh, recognitions. With all that and more, it is essential that being a certified 501c3 has allowed us to do as we are making the impossible possible one challenge at a time. So, you know, I kind of went a little bit crazy there, but um, hopefully you kind of understand what I'm talking about. And that's where, um, oh shit, that's where I just wanted to bring that up. So, excuse me. um, Now this is, um, uh, I'm going to read this next one. Um, I wish, let's see. Okay. Um, Damn, I kind of got these all mixed up. I, I missed, well, okay, there's a motivational speaker. His name is Les Brown, and uh, I'm going to read this. He was talking about death. <laughs> okay, so he says, um, imagine being on your deathbed and standing around you is the ghost of the dreams, the ideas, the abilities, the talents given to you by life that you, for whatever reason, you never went after that dream You never acted on those ideas. You never used those talents. You never used those gifts. And there there they are, standing beside your bed, 
looking at you with large, angry eyes, saying, We came to you, and only you could have given us life, and now we must die with you forever. And, you know, there, there was more to it. I, I really wanted to write it down, but man, just internet time and all this other stuff. But there was a speech by uh, Tony Robbins here, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> skip that. But I, I wrote another one. So now this one <clears throat> is another motiv motivational speech that I wanted to read. This is uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. This is when Josie Wales meets up with 10 bears you know, on the, you know, the horse, you know, when, uh, Josie Wales trying to get those two uh, cowboys back. And um, anyways, <clears throat> Josie Wales, he meets up with 10 bears to negotiate a truce. So Josie Wales, he says, um, you be 10 bears. And then 10 bears says, I am 10 bears. Josie Wales says, I am Josie Wales. And then 10 bears says, I have heard. You are the gray rider. You would not make peace with the blue coats. You may go in peace. Then Josie Wales says, I reckon not. Got no place else to go. And then uh, Ten Bear says, then you will die. That's when Josie Wales goes, I came here to die with you or live with you. Dying ain't so hard for men like you and me. It's living that's hard when all you've ever cared about has been butchered or raped. Governments don't live together. People live together. With governments, you don't always get a fair word or a fair fight. Well, I've come here to give you either one or get either one from you. I came here like this so you'll know that my word of death is true, and my word of life is then true. The bear lives here, the wolf, the antelope, the Comanche, and so will we. Now we'll only hunt what we need to live on, same as the Comanche does. And every spring, when the grass turns green and the Comanche moves north, you can rest here in peace, butcher some of our cattle, and jerk beef for the journey. The sign of the Comanche, that will be on our lodge. That's my word of life. Then Ten Bear says, and your word of death? And Josie Whale says, it's here in my pistols and there in your rifles. I'm here for either one. Ten Bear says, these things you say we will have, we already have. Then Josie Wales says, that's true. I ain't promise you nothing extra. I'm just giving you life and you're giving me life. And all I'm saying that men can live together without butchering one another. Then Ten Bear says, um, it's sad that governments are, it's, ah, fuck. it's sad that governments are chiefed by the double tongues. There is iron in your words of death for all Comanche to see. So there is iron in your words of life. No signed paper can hold the iron. It must come from men. The words of ten bears carries the same iron of life and death. It is good that warriors such as us meet in the struggle of life or death. It shall be life. That's when he pulls out his knife and cuts his uh, palm. And Josie Wales does the same. Then they grasp each other's hand, and then um, they become blood brothers. Then it, that's when a ten bear says, "So it will, so will it be." Then Josie Wales says, "I reckon so." So you know that's uh, that scene right there. It was pretty neat for me. You know, I, I really like the fact that um, you know the writers took time to 
really capture the essence of these dudes and uh, kind of let them know, you know, how to approach their, um, how to approach their, uh, their speech. And, um, the other one I want to read is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Al Pacino as a uh, coach D'Amato from, uh, any given Sunday. And this is one where I got off of, a. um, uh, what do you call it? There was a video on speeches, motivational speeches. And I like what he's, excuse me. I like what he said. So I went back and watched the scene and, you know, really liked this whole, really liked this whole thing he was saying. So I'm going to read this one. This is uh, Al Pacino as coach D'Amato from that movie, any, that film, any given Sunday, he's talking to these, uh, players inside the, um, the locker room. He's getting them all fired up for the game. So he goes, I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Whether we heal as a team, either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble inch by inch, play by play till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen, believe me. And we can all stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell one inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around. I see these young faces and I think, I made every wrong decision a middle-aged man can make. I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately... I can't even stand the face I see in the mirror. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's a part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean... One half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing, between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch. Because that's what living is. It's six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's a team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals.
That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? And then everybody gets all riled up and happy and they start, you know, running around and they run out the locker. And that, that was pretty cool. So I really enjoyed that uh, thing. And, uh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, I got 20 minutes, so I'm going to read this. This is uh, Tony Robbins. Oh, you know what? I'll just go ahead and stop this. Um, I'll go ahead and read the last one. Uh, make it segment number six. Here we go.